Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Naked Past, the show that is all about you, your questions about God, faith, religion, and the Bible. This is a call-in show, so you can either post your questions by typing them, or you can call in. If you're going to call in off your phone, you would need your earphones to plug in. For those people listening to the podcast on different platforms, the show is on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Africa time, live on Potbean. So we're talking about depression tonight, and we just want to thank uh, Hashtag Audio Visual for sponsoring the show. They have been our sponsors um, from the beginning, and you can find more info at info at hashtag.co.za or visit their website, hashtag av.coza, and you can get hold of Peter the Toy at 082-806-9285. And Hashtag Audio Visual have designed and installed and maintained some of the highest profile boardrooms and other applications in the country. Their solutions are interactive touchscreens, wide and wireless connectivity, video teleconferencing facilities, projections, screens, projectors, system control and lighting automation, sound reinforcement, recording, facility booking solutions, and conference solutions. For more information, visit their website at www.hashtagav.co. ZA. So we're talking about depression, Christianity and depression, and how do we deal with depression? And can a Christian, a born-again Christian, full to, the, full to the Spirit of God, be depressed? And so first of all, we want to talk about the clinical depression, the guy that has got a chemical imbalance. We want to... Uh, he needs to go to the doctor. He needs to get on medicine, and he needs to be treated. So this is the first. Or once we sort this out, we understand that um, there are medical reasons why people suffer from depression, such as a bipolar or um, chemical imbalance because of whatever causes it. They need to get to a doctor and that needs to be sorted out. However, depression, from a Christian perspective, and this is where it's, it's once again, we have to understand the Bible is a little bit uh, counter-cultural, and we have to apply a lot of wisdom when we talk about it, but we must never hold back for what the Word of God says, and how come the Word of God says what it says. This is very important for us to understand because Jesus never apologizes for what he says. He never apologizes what he stands for. And I want to read to you a piece of scripture that's very dear to my heart. That I think is, is pertinent to yeah, listen to what it says in Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty, that's freedom, to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, 
to appoint to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, the mantle of praise for the spirit of heaviness, so they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Isaiah prophesied this, and Jesus quoted this scripture, and that obviously put the cat amongst, amongst the pigeons when He said this, because then they said, well, ooh, he, this is a little bit far-fetched for Him to call Himself God, to, to say, but the Spirit of God is on Him, and that He has got the answers to heal and to deliver and to set free. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And a lot of times, people that are suffering from depression have got broken hearts. Different things have broken their heart. Um, they could come from a very bad family background, and it could have broken. They could have been abused, could have broken their heart. Um, they could come out of a marriage that didn't work. They could have lost a baby. Um, uh, lost a child for that matter and they go into a, their hearts get broken to proclaim liberty to the captives those that are caught captive by an, by a spirit by a demonic spirit of heaviness a spirit that causes depression a spirit that causes us to in a downward thinking and downward spiral and the word of God says as a man think so he is and what the heart is full on the mouth overruns with and then death in life lies in the power of the tongue and it's proverbs 18 the bible says death and life verse 21 are in the power of the tongue and those who live by it shall eat its fruit so what does it say that if you speak life life will come if you speak calamity you, your mind will go down that way dr caroline leaf has, has did a there's a book that she's written on the neuron tracks of the mind and how that is shaped and how negative thoughts and depressed people have these tracks. And I want you to see uh, a little felt path that's, or forest path that's a, or a jeep track that's been ridden out. And the more you ride on it, the deeper it gets. And it kind of happens that those thoughts start happening automatically. Um, Jack Frost describes it as a fortress of thought built by a thought at a time. A brick in the wall. Every time somebody thinks life is not good and they think that or um, I am worthless or I am not worthy of something. And it actually shows the x-rays of the brain shows how these deep, dark crevices in the brain and how... It automatically happens. So people, after a while, don't actually think it anymore. It's it's an automatic response because the neuron goes directly down that path. It's a worn out. It's um, almost like water that finds the easiest way through, and that neuron goes in. It takes it takes a deliberate training to change that. It can be changed, and if they've treated people, and then they take uh, those same people that have started training their mind and take the x-rays after a year of that process, how those new tracks are actually not crevices but up and it's light in color. It's, it's, it's almost like silver linings that run through the brain where the neuron track just runs through. 
So it can be trained. So the depression can also be demonic when it gets a hold over you through your own will. You speak with your mouth. You hear with your ears. And your spirit absorbs the cycle of darkness. You see, this is why it's very, very important. Proverbs says, uh, it's Proverbs 4, that says, Guard your heart above all things, for out of it flows the issues of life. You see, and we need to understand that there are a couple of gates to our heart. It's our eye gate, our ear gate, our mouth, uh, our, um, uh, our touch. And we can absorb things that come our way. And, we, and it's easy then to go into negative talking. If we watch constant negative news, we can constantly, and that can cause a downward spiral in our uh, emotions. And we can start, start becoming depressed. And we can be even suicidal. And we need to just come to a place where we start breaking free from it. We can have it in hereditary uh, as because of the result of a difficult childhood. Make decisions. And we need to make decisions to forgive. Forgive whatever has happened in the past. And I understand and I realize that it's painful. And some of us have identity in the fact that, you know, we, we grew up hard and we're actually proud of where we are in our life, considering the fact from where we come from. And, you know, we, we take so much identity from it. I turned my life around. I stood up. I've changed my life. I've come to a place where I am actually achieving something. And, and rather than bragging about it, we need to forgive our past. And I know it's painful. It can be painful. It can be painful to forgive a abusive father. It can be painful to forgive a neglecting mother, uncaring mom. These things are not always easy. But it can, those things are opening doors for a spirit of depression to actually enter into our lives. And we want to go to a place where we understand that it's when Jesus died on the cross and I accept him, I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20 And I live, yet no longer I, but Christ lives within me. And that life I now live in the flesh, that Zoe life, I live by faith towards the Son who loved me and gave himself on my behalf. One of the biggest things of breaking depression and breaking a spirit of depression and a cycle of depression is to become grateful, to become thankful. And maybe you are a slum dog in India and there's not much to be grateful and thankful for. But the one thing that does remain for all of us to be grateful and thankful for is our salvation. We, we've got a hope. Um, Thessalonians talk about we don't mourn like the heathen. We don't mourn like those that don't have a hope. We have got a hope, a hope in Jesus Christ that we have been washed clean. We've been saved. So it might be difficult to find the reason in your life, in your circumstances where you live, to be grateful, to be thankful. Maybe you are just living in a trailer park and there's, you know, you're eating baked beans and there's, you know, you're wearing clothes from 20 years ago and there's just really no hope for you. And it's real cause because one of the things is ambivalence is when we are caught up in an unhealthy marriage or bad business or difficult circumstances that's never going to change. We don't see it changing and that just weighs us down, especially when we know that we have got potential. You know that you, 
you you're not the bluntest knife in the in the in the draw and the, you've got uh, dreams and ambitions and that frustration of not getting anywhere can cause like a, a depression to come on you and when we can find something to be thankful for find something to be grateful for we can start breaking this spiral and the best thing an easy place to start is to start at the cross that you have been redeemed you can see john 3 16 for god so loved you 1 john 12 as many as believe in him you've given the right to be called children of god so first uh, corinthians 5 from verse 17 to 21 talks about him making us his righteousness and he says those that believe will have an everlasting life so i can become thankful for saving me for rescuing me thank you and that first thank you starts spreading we can uh, deliberately start smiling dale carnegie wrote in a book um how to influence people and win friends the power of a smile that when you start smiling there's an energy leveling within your cells that actually gets, it's contagious to the other cells and soon just by choosing even if it's a forced smile a, a will to smile causes the the muscles and the in the cells to start operating in in a different uh, frequency and starts giving off a different thing inside of you Isaiah 61 3 listen to what it says that the, he declares an acceptable year of the Lord that you are an acceptable to God where you are is acceptable God is gonna and listen to what he said he will comfort all who mourn so if i if i need something to get excited about i can start saying to myself god comforts me i am mourning my situation i'm mourning my my, my postnatal depression i'm I've, i'm mourning what's going on um maybe i'm caught up in a religion that is so sin conscious that it actually causes me to become depressed because I realize that I can't, can't perform to the requirements of a law, of a set of rules, of external pressures. I can't. And this is the beauty of the thing. Jesus comes in the Old Testament and says, I will make a new covenant with you. I will write my laws on your heart, on the tablets of your heart. And this is what it says. It won't be external pressure anymore, external set of rules, but it will be inward conviction and because of that because my heart's belief starts changing and then i start changing and i press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus so i push past this i become to a, i come to a place and i say lord thank you thank you for the life i've had thank you where i am thank you even if it's little even if it's um really really not you know up where my dreams and ambitions and the plan for my life has been i can start thanking him you see when i look back in my past and i look at my parents and where i come from and maybe that's something that's i have to realize that romans 3 23 says for all have fallen short of the glory of god all of us have sinned you see, and once I assume a place of righteousness where I say, but if I'm a parent, I'll never do that. Or how can a parent do that? I, then I've actually stepped into arrogance. And I need to understand that even myself, 
I have sinned. I come short of the glory of God. And I receive grace and I receive mercy from God. Therefore, I need to extend it. Because unforgiveness, according to Jesus in Matthew, can land you in a jail. Not popular teaching. Not at all. You see, Jesus wasn't trying to be popular. He wasn't trying to be that people liked him. He wanted to influence people, to think a different way, to act a different way, to understand a different way. And, he's, and he made it clear that when we walk in unforgiveness of any sorts, he says, so my father will do to you is cast you into a jail to be tormented. Now, this is the naked pastor. I am not going to give you what you, the, the, the nice tickle your ears gospel. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. And the Bible says, if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. Jesus teaches us in that prayer. Father, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. And sometimes because I have unforgiveness in my heart, I am in a jail and I'm being tormented. I'm being tormented. Why? Because I need to pay the price. What is the price? It is to forgive the other person. You see, my debt to God is unpayable. The sin that I did, the sin that you committed, is the sin that put Jesus on the cross and cost him his life. You and I can never pay the price for that. So it doesn't matter what anyone else has done to us. Because Jesus was innocent and he didn't deserve. There's no man that is innocent that doesn't deserve, that doesn't, that can come away without having grace. We all need the grace. And Jesus gives that grace away freely. Isaiah 53 and 54 says, come and buy bread when you don't have money. You see, because... He gives it away. And therefore, we need to give it away. We need to give away mercy and grace. And it doesn't matter who it was, where it was. If I'm suffering with depression, it can be. It can be. Because I am sitting with unforgiveness in my heart. It is a good place to actually start. And start forgiving people. Go make a list of the people that you need to forgive. Make a list of Everybody that's harmed you from when you can remember. It might be a long list, a short list. It might be severe. You might get angry. You might cry. Here's the thing. Depression is worse. Depression makes you your own worst enemy. Depression causes you to burn relationships, burn opportunities, stumble over your own feet. Go if, because it can be that you suffering, a person is suffering because of unforgiveness. It can be that a person is suffering from depression because of excessive disappointments regarding relationship, work expectation, unfair accusations, discrimination. You see, if we fail over and over and over and the doors won't open and we can get to a place where we become hopelessness and when hope is gone, we become really depressed. There can be biological imbalances due to inherited factors or poor dietary requirements, uh, dietary habits. And we need to look at that. We need to be able to say, listen, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get 
over this. Maybe I need to start eating better. I need to get some exercise. There can be transfers. It's a, it's a spiritual transference. Now, the first thing that I want to say is that we focus more on what is good than what is evil. The Bible say be, says be innocent of what is evil. Okay, but rejoice in that which is good. Is the helmet of salvation has put thoughts of salvation on you. Dwell on these things, what is pure and lovely and holy and wholesome. So we have to direct our minds to that. But there can be, and I'm saying that because I don't want you to get stuck. Oh, I've got some transference, or I got this, or I don't want. You, I want you to understand that the power of Jesus is stronger. I want you to understand that the weakest Christian is stronger than the strongest demon in hell. So even if something, a spirit has been transferred, you can activate your will. You can activate your will and stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, this stops. You can confess that. You can lay it down. A spirit of poverty can be is something that can make us depressed. Everything we try. But, and the thing is, it's when we think poor. And Jesus, or, or Paul writes it, that you might prosper even as your soul prospers. So prospering starts in my mind. It starts in my soul. It starts in the way I'm thinking. I am worth it. Are you worth it? A, a modern day question in interviews is, what are you worth? And people quickly backtrack, well, blah, 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 and it's like, well, they just think they want to have a job. And rather than saying, but I'm having a career move, and I am worth X amount, and I am going to be a blessing to you. And the work that I am so, I am skilled through my experience, through my education, and believing in my, in my abilities that's been given to me, that I'm worth that. So there's something that needs to happen. I knew about an old guy who was a millionaire, but he always went to the market and got the, the the rotten fruit from the bin and made soup from that. Yet he had 20-odd properties that gave him a passive income. You see, that's the spirit of poverty because he's thinking poor. He's thinking, I, I'm not worthy of it. And that's something we, number one, need to repent of we need to say i'm sorry so how do i become depression free it starts with your will your capacity to make a choice you start with your willingness even if you feel weak even if you feel well i can't just start speaking the word of god because the word of god says it will not return void it will achieve that which is set out and say say john three sixteen with your name it for god so loved me say your name there that he gave his only son for me. Say your name there. Set your eyes upon God. Start focusing on him. Start giving thanks for the small things in you. Start praising him. Start worshiping. If you look at Isaiah 61, he will give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. He'll give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. So when I am, I mean, that, that's depressed language, isn't it? Beauty for ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. A mantle of praise for a spirit of heaviness. So one can have a spirit of heaviness. But God wants to give you a mantle of praise. So that you would praise your way out of it. That you start worshipping God. Start praising and worshipping. Start telling God. 
how good he is how awesome he is how good he is in your life repent of the nonsense you spoke repent of the hogwash that's been coming out of your mouth saying we are just destined for this our family is always like this and you need to repent of that you need to move away from that uh, we will just must settle out we are we just you know common folk salt of the earth we you know worker class and my dad's dad and his dad's dad and his dad's dad we all just been coming trekking along that and that's just how it's going to be and because it was like that that's where we're going to be and you know we'll never amount too much repent of that you have a free will and you have potential. And when you start speaking, and I want you to understand this. If the Titanic could turn quickly, it would not have sunk. And the Titanic was a big ship. When you and I start taking the rudder, which is our tongue, and we turn it and we start speaking life, we start speaking potential, we start prophesying good over our life we start calling on the promises of god because your life is a big boat it won't turn immediately it takes time and in our microwave culture where we put anything for 45 seconds and it's boiled and cooked in that in the takeaway society we live where we have it immediately the credit card for society where we can't save the immediate gratification society it is difficult for us to wait for that boat to turn but when you turn the rudder of your mouth and you speak the promises of god even if you feel you lack faith even if you feel that you are weak and you don't have what it takes you just keep on and rather just keep quiet when you when you are down, when you feel despondent, rather just keep quiet. That boat will turn. It takes time, but it will turn. You need to be surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. Fellowship with spiritual and loving people. People that have got a dream for you. People that can dream with you. People that can see the potential in you you have to rid yourself of certain relationships people that bring you down people that constantly break you down people whose self-talk is worse than yours and keep on breaking you people that don't see the sun shine over you people keep, that keep on comparing competing with you you need to you need to find yourself a healthy group a good place to start is to find a good church a spiritual church it's a good place go press into the pastor press into him wherever you are you need to press in god has equipped them god has trained them god has placed a heart in pastors to encourage people to see the good in them to walk with them to to just pray with them they might not have all the answers but just being around and i know this from experience i pushed into so many pastors lives when i didn't have enough faith in me when i didn't believe i can do anything i pushed into them and they encouraged me they carried me they helped me change from the inside out so you, and maybe you get a church where there's supportive groups um cell group go for training um within your church um yes the thing but start to 
you speak the promises of God over your life. If God says you can do it, you can do it. If God says you you possess it or have it, you have it. If God says this is who you are, this is who you are. God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. All cliches, but we have to go into that. The next thing is to trust the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is your paracletos. He is your helper. The Holy Spirit is a very present help in a time of need. So when we're depressed, when we, 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 we're battling to see the wood from the tree, when we're battling to see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and our mind keeps on thinking that's a train coming our way, trust in Him. And how do you do that? You just say, Holy Spirit, I trust you, that you are near to me, that you love me. Speak it out loud. God created the heavens and the earth by speaking, not by thinking, not by whispering, but by speaking. Speak things over yourself. Speak things into existence. Speak it. God's given you authority. God is to speak it. It's like, just say, you know what? Tomorrow is going to be better. This ship is turning. There's something lying ahead that's better for me. The best is yet to come. Speak that. Speak that. I don't want to go into the place where we go to prosperity and your best life now and all that. What I'm saying is there are promises in the Bible and they are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. Pray a prayer of freedom. Start saying, in the name of Jesus, I have been set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And here's the thing. You've got to grow that bulldog jaw. You've got to butt down and not let go. You've got to dig in and stay in that place. It doesn't matter what your emotions are doing. It doesn't matter what your mind is doing. And it's running away with you. Don't allow anything to break your fellowship with God. Don't see your problems. Don't see your sin and saying, you know what, this is too much. Don't be a carnal Christian. A carnal Christian is somebody that they like Jesus. They like the culture of Jesus. They like the philosophy of Jesus. But they never deal with their fleshly desires. That will make you miserable because your heart will be in one place and your mind will be in another place. Finish up with your guilt about sin you've got in your life. Finish up. And if you, are, if you have got a habitual sin that keeps on tripping you up, finish up with that. Walk away from it. Don't let it get into you because it just opens the door for a spirit of heaviness to torment you, to get to ride you into the ground and have you on a downward spiral. Listen to what John 10, 10 says. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now this is the naked past and whether you like it or not, here's your naked truth. 
And Jesus says, but I came to give you life and life in abundance. Whether you like it or not. God is light and in him there is no darkness. Whether you like it or not, when you come into God and you allow his word to illuminate your heart, illuminate your thinking, darkness will flee. The spirit of heaviness will flee. Lift up your hands, whether you feel like it or not, and worship him and praise him. This is the Naked Pastor. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Keep well.